we're all becoming so accustomed to divorce that it's a simple way out. We don't want to commit to marriage. We don't want to commit going and getting counseling and help. We won't even acknowledge sometimes we need help because it's like, well, it's almost like admitting a weakness or something. Right. Uh, maintain a healthy relationship with a child I think is super important that the child not feel like you don't care about them. And sometimes in a divorce, you'll see a parent kind of maybe give up and they're hardly ever seeing their kid. Man, that's that's rough. You know what I mean? Because then that kid feels like they're not worthy and they're not good enough, and that's that's not a good message. I think all the- uh, one thing uh, going into the show, we're talking about divorce today, and we know it's affected a lot of people. But there is always my encouragement would be this: if you follow Christ, if you do the right thing, if you have love in your heart, you have to make the best of a bad situation. You know, it's not it's not a perfect situation. I find that our world, a lot of the times, we meet people. Obviously, it's not a perfect situation, but it can be a better situation. Yeah. Christ can always make it a better situation. You know, we're not always going to become a Christian. All of a sudden, every issue that we ever had is instantly resolved and families aren't blended and we don't have uh, schedules and everything to maintain. But I think having the attitude of Christ will certainly help a lot. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, we know divorce is ugly. And as Christians, we have a responsibility to really evaluate how our reactions are, what our behaviors are, what we've learned, and what are we trying to do to make it better for our right. families. Right. And your kids, I mean, you, you have uh, great kids. I mean, they're, yeah, they, they're, they're doing well kids. and whatnot. I've them. seen plenty of people come through it, and, and they're, they're doing great, and they've become productive and great servants and Christians and things like that. But we do have to be aware of the effect and yes. the impact that it can have on kids. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn, along with me, Steve Arslick. And one thing, uh, Steve, Steve and I were talking today, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, it's about uh, divorce and different people that are going through it and the impact on kids. And you were just talking about the impact on your own kids. And I decided, well, it's not, it really is probably a good topic because I have other friends too. I mean, they, they've gone through this, you know, mm-hmm. divorce, and then they have, you know, the kids sometimes and not other times, and they see their children sometimes making mistakes or fall into the bad patterns and, you know, blaming themselves, of course, you know, for some of it and feeling bad about it. So I thought it'd be good to kind of lay out what the Bible says about divorce, but also, you know, some different things people can do to kind of have a healthier situation and a bad situation. Because some people were in a bad situation. I mean, you, we can talk to people and say, well, God says don't get divorced. God does say don't get divorced. But when they're already divorced, I mean, it's not there is now make the best of the situation as it is. Yeah, I mean, reality is divorce is extremely... I mean, it's, it's all over the place in society anymore. I mean, you, maybe in the olden days back, I remember back when we were kids, it was probably unusual for my mother to be a divorced single mother and, you know, was probably, you know, some ways looked down upon or, you know, even shamed or something, you know. But it, the, today, divorce is just so rampant and almost so readily accepted in society. I think some of these issues with the... Uh, the consequences, the consequence of divorce, which we'll talk a lot about today, or uh, the the effects on society because of it, the breakdown of the family, uh, issues even probably are more severe than ever before. Is how do blended families function? Right, now? you know, uh, because it's not unusual that if somebody's divorced and there's. We're carrying things on in different It was ways. a big debate. I mean, when I was in college back in the 80s in Bible college, divorce was a huge issue oh, yeah. for the church. And just, you know, how do you handle it? And uh, some people were super strict, like uh, you should never get divorced. Uh, I should never be divorced. And I think about that, you know, what we were talking about when I was in college. And then, and that's Bible college, to the day that we're in now where, I mean, you and I have both married a lot of the people that we've married uh, have been divorced before. Yep. Uh, there are plenty of times where it's their second marriage and it's prevalent. I mean, I would have to guess half the church is divorced. Even not saying, I think a lot of people that have been in the church for a long time, like I have not seen a lot of divorce 
from that way, you know, people that are really in the church, they're close to God, they're connected. I would say the percentage of divorce in the church from those people is very low. Uh, people, we see a lot of people who've come in uh, to Christ uh, through the pain and problems of life, and they've already kind of experienced these different things. Uh, but God doesn't like it. We know there's two reasons. One's uh, adultery. So Jesus Christ said, except for marital unfaithfulness. So you look at that. Uh, it talks in the Bible. Paul said, well, hey, if you're a believer and you're abandoned by an unbeliever, uh, that would be a, a reason that God would accept divorce. And then it would be at that point, uh, you'd be able to remarry. And I think those are the big issues. You know, what about that whole concept where Jesus Christ says, well, if you remarry, you're committing adultery. Like yeah, that's a, it's a that was an astounding statement, dude, because there are a lot of people that have been divorced and remarried. What do you think about that comment? I mean, when Christ says that Matthew 19, I believe it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about that and I've wrestled with it myself having ex lived through a lot of those sinful experiences myself. And you know, what is, what is God's expectations? And I think about even particularly wrestling as I've, um, you know, I would have claimed Christianity for a lot of, for the majority of my life, you know what I mean? And, and, but there was certainly time periods where I didn't live like a Christian. Right. And thus there were consequences because I didn't live like a Christian. Right. And those are the consequences that I have to deal with today. And, but as a hopefully a maturing, growing Christian, some of the things I've learned, I think about some of these things I've wrestled through the scriptures is, you know, we know that oftentimes divorce is a result of hard hearts, whether it's wandering eyes, whatever the case may be, broken relationships that we just didn't see enough in advance. We didn't go and seek godly counsel. We didn't go seek any counsel. We just allowed divisions just to separate, keep pushing. And, and I, th you know, I've struggled with that too, because like, okay, well, what do we do? Cause what does God's word say? Well, divorce is not an unforgivable sin. Right. Um, but I think is one of the things as growing professing Christians is if, even if whatever you've had in your past, uh, you are without excuse going forward in some of these things, you know, right. you, yeah, you that's what I would tell it. people too. And, I agree. Yeah. And that's why I hold myself to this. I mean, I, I'm without excuse now to ever repeat those mistakes of the past, knowing what I know today, right. Knowing where I am. And I think that then forces you to evaluate your marriage today. It uh, forces you to evaluate how you treat your children how you treat your blended family, how you view things. And so when we wrestled about that, even as a church, you know, because even in seminary, we went through classes where there's views where somebody will absolutely not remarry somebody who's been divorced. You know, in cases, some people wouldn't even allow people to be pastors like myself if they were divorced or that they'll go to any extreme and they'll marry anybody, anything, anytime to any, anything, not even right. just a person, you know? So you get all these like four different views on marriage. Well, I believe that if somebody's earnestly coming has been repentant, whether or not they were able to change the outcome of the divorce. If they're rep truly repentant with a strong desire to come and want to make a recommitment before Christ, enter in this covenant of marriage, I will marry you. Yeah. I and think too, the, the statement when he was saying, you have to remember the audience that, I mean, Jesus Christ is talking to when he says, Hey, if you, if you divorce except for marital unfaithfulness, and remarry, you're committing adultery. He was talking to a group of people who were using divorce to legalize adultery. Yeah, yes. And that's why he made that comment because they were, they believed in divorce for any reason. So if they got the hots for someone else, they would justify it by saying, Hey, I'm allowed to divorce you for any reason. So I'm never going to commit adultery on you. I'll just divorce you and I'll go marry Absolutely. the other woman. And I'm not really committing adultery. And I think that what Jesus Christ was doing there is he was trying to take that loophole away from them 
and saying to them, hey, guys, if that's really what you think in your heart, it's kind of like when Jesus Christ says, you know, you think you're, you say don't kill, but you're still angry, it's still yep. a problem, or don't commit adultery, you're lusting, it's still a problem. He's like, it's still a problem if you're, God knows your heart, he knows why you're doing it, and if you're just trying to legalize adultery, I'm going to take it away from you right now. So I think that was part of it. I think for the person who goes through a divorce because of hardness of heart or something else, I, I certainly don't, that's not the reason. They weren't divorcing their wife just because they wanted to go and, and be with someone else per se. Yeah. So I think the hardness of hearts an issue. And I think too, the, there are two reasons given for divorce in the Bible, not saying like, sometimes I think people feel like, well, if I'm getting beat by my husband, uh, I have to stay in it because that's not really a reason for divorce. I would say, no, the reason for divorce should be worse than the other outcomes. You know what I'm saying? In other words, divorcing would still be worse or, or less bad than staying with someone who's maybe uh, selling drugs from the house or abusing me or there's something else is going on. So I don't look at it and say, you know, all these people, it's a terrible thing. I realize people have hardness for it. I realize they have problems. I kind of like what you said earlier, wherever you are today, let's just take you from there. Yeah. If you are in a position right now and you're contemplating divorce and you're married and you have kids, I think you should definitely consider what that's going to do to your kids yes. because it will, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you say. This is going to have an impact. And I understand some of it's absolutely unavoidable and, and it's going to happen anyway. So you're making the best of a bad situation. But if you can, I always tell people you, you take a, you divorce your spouse. It's like tearing down a house. Yes. And if you have a leaky roof, I would always tell you, fix the leaky roof. Don't, don't bulldoze down your house because the house is just too valuable. And that's kind of how we look at marriage. But when you have those children, and you've gone through a divorce. Do you have any tips for people? Okay, you're now, these kids are coming maybe to see you every other weekend, every Wednesday, uh, and every other weekend. You know how it goes. Sometimes it's shared parenting, so it's 50-50. But these kids obviously are now, through a divorce, are not being with dad every day. Or they're not being with mom every day. They're being with dad some of the time. They're being with mom some of the time. So your thoughts on that, because you've lived through this. I mean, you, you, yeah. you, this is a big part of your life. Yeah. And sadly it was a big part of my life. And probably the biggest thing I've learned is, you know, unfortunately in a divorce situation and I lived a lot of it myself, the selfish self-centeredness of both the mother and the father come into play. Right. And we're so worried about our rights, what we are entitled to that we forget that we put children in a situation that number one, they didn't want, right? didn't desire, yet despite what they may want or not want, they are forced to live with our decisions. right? And that's one of the things that I saw was probably one of the greatest uh, things that I have learned to lament and regret and hate about the whole process of it is what I actually put my children through. Right. And because I think about that one thing that really kind of summarized it was, uh, you know, we went through all the battles with custodies, you know, all everybody goes through all that. You go through, uh, I went back to court to get more time, blah, blah, blah. All these things I think I'm doing as a good father. And I remember my son, Jacob, when he finally graduated and, you know, becomes of 18. And now all of a sudden, all the things you argued in court are irrelevant. And one of the comments from my son really struck home was that he was just glad that he no longer had to live out of his car. And that one hurt. Right. 
because one of the things you think about, and nothing against my son, he's absolutely right. He's a great kid. He loves both his mother and his father. This is not a reflection on Jacob. It's a reflection on what I think as a parent I put him through. Right. Because here he had to spend time. He had to split time between homes. He's constantly going back and forth. You know, I wanted to be able to come down during the week. I wanted to spend some time during the week with him. I wanted to be able to have a normal life at our house, a normal life over his mother's. And I didn't want him to be sad whichever way he went. And as a young man, he was. But when he got older, it was like now he's forced to kind of make everybody happy. Right. And now the the responsibility is on this kid to disrupt his life so that he has to come and meet my visitation requirements. Right. And... That gives you pause and you go, look what I did to him. Right. You hope, you know, sometimes you hold the pendulum will swing for these kids. I talked to somebody, Steve is really interesting and their mom had been married five or six times. So now this guy, he's been, this man I'm talking to is married for decades now. They grew up with a mom that was married over and over and over and over again. He said every single one of his siblings never divorced. Every one of his siblings have been married for decades and I thought that was fascinating with the example that they saw, but the pendulum swaying back the other way because they're like, "We are never doing this." Like we're gonna, and you kind of hope that for kids today that they'll see some of the things they went through and decide, "No, oh, that's yeah. just something." Like, I mean, you know, I, not yeah, something I, I want to I mean, do. They're, they're, you know, you, I'm not blaming anybody. I just a simple fact is if you look at generational impact, you look at the things we grow up with, we look at society where door, where, where divorce is rampant. The the reality there's dysfunction all over the place, and and these kids are get, we're we're all becoming so accustomed to divorce that. That it's a simple way out. We don't want to commit the marriage. We don't want to commit going and getting counseling and help. We won't even acknowledge sometimes we need help because it's like, well, it's almost like admitting a weakness or something. Or, you know, and so we'll just, we'll like damn the consequences. We'll just go on down this route anyway. And whatever happens to us or the kids, well, oh, well, it's just, it's normal now. Right. I I got to see. And two, I think, you know, I've seen some people and I was talking to somebody just the other day, one of the pastors the other day and he's talking about a situation. I said, all they're going to do is take their problems to the next relationship. Yes. They might as well just stand down right now, yeah. settle down and fix what's broken now. Instead of thinking like to, to some people fixing is running. They're going to run away from their problems. They're going to run away. You know, they, they, they were married, divorced, they get married again. Now they're going to run from that situation. And you know, they're just going to keep running because there are certain problems that make them run in the first place. And they're just not addressing it. And sometimes I think we need to settle down and say, okay, what is it with me? Let's really evaluate ourselves. What's my role in this? What can I fix? What can I do better? And do everything you can to fix the situation you're in right now. But with kids, I've, I mean, I guess I've never, I haven't been divorced, so I haven't had to live through that, through your experiences, yes, vicariously, through talking to a lot of people. The things I know I can't stand, I don't like it when parents won't cooperate. I don't like it when I have a friend and I say to them, hey, you know, this is my weekend I go, do you guys want to go with us? And then you hear, well, I can't because I have the kids, we'll just switch weekends. Um, my wife or my husband would never do that because there's zero cooperation. There's not like, Hey, we can go on a Tuesday night and do this. Why have my daughter? We'll just switch to no, my, my spouse will never switch a night because they're going to make it so hard and make it. You're always using those kids. I shouldn't say always, but at times using those kids as a pawn or as a weapon to get back at your spouse. And I've always felt like it's just not, it's just not fair. And it affects not just you, it affects a lot of people. And then I'm kind of like the slight collateral damage because I'm over here like, seriously, you guys can't cooperate enough to just make, I'm trying to make something work here, but you two can't cooperate enough to make this work. 
Oh yeah. So you know, and it, then then it's kind of like the I'm seeing some of the fallout come out towards me, which isn't nearly as big a deal as kids. Yeah, but. I think is you know, busy, I know I'm and I'm talking beyond my own experiences, and I'm not I'm not I want to be careful. I'm not I'm not faulting anything in my own experience. I'm not faulting my ex wife. I'm not. I don't want to come across that way in any way, shape, or form because Steve's got plenty of his own things to deal with, things I need to reconcile. But whether I know people that use visitation for leverage or if it's difficult all the time or if they use the children as a conduit for communication versus talking directly. That's a great one. Or, well, we can't do this because you're father or we can't do this because you're a mother. See, to me, those are the types of things I learned pretty quickly to uh, uh, just – we avoided it because – I remember when my son was younger and the kids were younger and, and I mean, I it, 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 talk about the heart wrenching stuff because I think, you know, when God says, like, I hate divorce. Yes. Because they were giving up their, their older wives going seeking younger women, all these things, hardness of heart, all this, but God hates divorce because I think he sees the consequences. He sees the pain. And now you can read Proverbs and you can see all these things that are going to happen to you in Proverbs four and five, you go and you go down this path and it, what happens in this Bible happened in my life. And I like think enriching kids, another person. Enriching so another right. man's house. All these types of things. And you're going to be giving away finances and all these types of things. And I think about my son. One of the things that really kind of impacted when he was really little, he would, he would be upset and he would visibly cry when I would go pick him up because he was sad to leave his mother. He would come down to my house, and when it was time to leave, he would be visibly sad and he would cry that he had to leave my house and go with his mother. And I got, I mean, it just ripped my heart out. And finally, I was just like, Jacob, I don't want you to be sad when you got to leave either one of us. You know, it's okay. And I don't know how to help him try to get through that because I, I was tired of why is this kid suffering and crying for my stupidity? Right. You know, if, can we wake up and acknowledge that? Right. You know, parents, stop it. You know why God hates divorce? He hates that. I, I hate what I did to my kids. Right. I hated the things that it did to them. The emotional breakdown. All the, not despite the hurt that I caused my ex-wife, I caused everybody who loved me, my, my ex-in-laws. I mean, all, right. the, the, the devastation, the damage is, is, is so real. That's why God hates it. Oh my God. I've seen people, I've seen people go through divorce and it break up friendships that, that uh, are just surrounding sure. it. I mean, it's a, it's a disaster, but I, and I mean, it can be, but here's some tips I saw too, where they were saying, I was just doing a little research on it. Like if you have kids, just consistent discipline. Yes. You know what I mean? Just staying on the kids because I you think can't. in a blended family too, you got to be consistent. I mean, right. I, I'm thinking from besides just those things, but it, 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 when you, as you come out of this, you go, yeah, you got to be consistent in right. blended families. You got to be consistent, whether it's your own blood or whether it's your, right. your steps. Child because I whatever. would take advantage of the, if I was a kid, I would take advantage of my parents being divorced. If I just to do just what I want to do. And I think that consistent discipline is important yes. not to allow your child to use the divorce as an excuse for their bad behavior. Uh, don't put children in the middle is a good one. Co-parent peacefully monitor children closely, you know, pay attention, especially as they get into teenagers, what are they viewing? What are they watching? Are they kind of slipping into bad patterns out of anger or what have you pay attention, uh, maintain a healthy relationship with your child, I think is super important that the child not feel like you don't care about them. And sometimes in a divorce, you'll see a parent kind of maybe give up and they're hardly ever seeing their kid. Man, that's, that's rough. You know what I mean? Cause then that kid feels like they're not worthy and they're not good enough. And that's, that's not a good message. I think all the consistent discipline, don't put your children in the middle, co-parent peacefully, uh, monitor children closely, maintain a healthy relationship with your child are all great pointers.
Yes, and I think because if we don't pay attention to some of those things, we we I mean, I think about what's the effects of the kids. What what how are these things starting to manifest in their life? Because you know, here here's one thing I learned too. I don't care how right or justified you are in opinion. Here's a fact I know. I know my children absolutely love their mother. Right. I know they love me. If you speak poorly about a person they love, that hurts them. Right. Think about that. Right. You, you, you're, you're, not, you're not gigging your, your ex. You're gigging your kids. Right. And, and, it, and it sticks. And if you're not watching how this type of, of uh, you know, anger or frustration isn't affecting their lives, I don't know what you're watching. Right. Because, and, and if you don't think those things don't have manifest bad consequences in people's lives or affect their decisions, I know it does. And, right. and, and I've seen it, and, I, you know, and, and, and not particularly in my but I'm just talking about it in general. I mean, you could see how people are impacted by it. I think about it on a Tuesday night. I can't tell you. I, I, I can line people up, but people will tell me issues they had because their fathers in the way that they treated them. Right. It, 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 divorce, or whether there was other dysfunctions going on in the family, the impact of a parent is huge and probably more so in the divorce family because now how are you behaving? Right. Well, it doesn't remove your responsibility to parent. I think the parents still have to get along enough to all be at the ball games to all, and be able to do that together. To buy, You know, I, I just talked to a guy the other day. And he's not allowed to come to something his daughter's doing. And these are all like adult children because the parents just can't get along and be in the same place together. And I think that's sad. You know, it's sad when, it you know, even in a free country that you're not allowed to say, well, too bad. I'm going to do it anyway because, you know, I should be allowed to go see my kid do what they're doing and do what they're into and visit them you know you know let's say if they're a waitress no you can't come eat here tonight because mom's coming to eat here tonight and we can't be in the same place at the same time i think that hurts kids too but i appreciate you coming in i appreciate talking about a painful subject yes because i do i know a lot of people in our church go through this a lot of people who uh, might listen are going through this uh so we appreciate you tuning in uh be praying be praying for our country be praying for families uh you all have a great uh, bless you